From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is the Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, folks. With me this week is fellow game guru Travis Ryans. Hello. And we are going to talk about time pressure in games. Games where, well, it, it, it's as old as the foot race. It's universal across cultures. Lots and lots of games will ask you to do something fast. You see this in a lot of party games, you see it in a lot of kids' games, quite a few word games, and even in some strategy games. Now, the one that most people know today is Boggle. It's a word game that's kind of the anti-Scrabble, where you've got this array of letters and a grid, and you have to try and find as many words as you can before the other players can. But uh, Travis, how do you feel about games that make time your enemy? Do you enjoy playing games with time pressure? Uh, I always immediately think that I'm not going to. I remember I refused to buy Majora's Mask as a kid just because it was Ocarina (laughs) but with time pressure and I couldn't deal with it (laughs) and I have too much anxiety and pressure to deal with it. But then once I actually usually start playing a time pressure game, I'm usually having a lot of fun. Um, I remember one of the first ones that I played as a kid was called Atmosphere. It was played on this ancient technology. Wow. Called, yeah, on a VCR. The, the you video can... cassette with the, the, the guy, the Crypt Keeper guy. Who I maintain, I, I swear it was the same voice actor, Ian McDermott, who did Emperor. I swear it was him. <laughs> Whose turn is it next? Yes, exactly. Uh, and it, the VHS would play as you're playing the game, and it would be, stop, and it would tell you to do something. And then you would have to keep running around. Uh, it was super spooky at the age of six in the middle of a cottage in the middle I'll of nowhere. I'll bet. And did the power go out at some point in the middle of this? And well, it was a cottage, so... <laughs> I suppose, yeah, that's... Cool. <laughs> so, uh, right, apart from, you know, spooky Crypt Keeper types, do you, do you play a lot of games these days that have time pressure? Uh, I always think that I don't, but then I realize that the time pressure has been worked in so well, and I don't actually realize it. I do play a lot of games. You'll play party games like uh, Catchphrase or Taboo, or not a lot of strategy games, at least personally, that I play, but there still are a lot out there. I know uh, Escape has been uh, mm-hmm. one of the big ones that's been talked about a lot. That's the one where uh, you're trying to, all of you are trying to escape from this temple and you're rolling dice as fast as you can to try and explore and find these jewels and open the gates and, and get out, but you've only got, like, what is it, uh, nine minutes? Yeah, I think something along that line. And then there's also Space Alert, which is a big one, uh, which again, uh, yes. I don't know, but... <laughs> Love Space Alert so much. But, um, so is, is, is that how most customers at Snakes feel? Do they, do they like games with time pressure as well? I find it really depends uh, on the customers. You really got to find the group who's into it. Um, so usually, we're, we're... the most casual gamers I find, again, aren't, but then you start them playing a game and they're having fun. Uh, speaking for mechanically from a standpoint, it infuriates me because we're always missing timers and I have to find the exact <laughs> amount of time, but it's I'll leave true. that aside. It's true. We have, we, have we have a drawer full of little sand timers, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, 120, and the 30 and 60 seconds ones always run out and disappear on oh, us. Okay. I have no idea where they go. They're not in the game, so where are they? <laughs> I'd like to think. Oh, never mind. No, it's, it's too no, depressing. It's, it's too depressing to think about. But um, it's, obviously, this is a fairly uh, controversial sort of thing. There, are, there it, it seems to be pretty polarizing. Like I know that with word games, people who like Boggle usually really don't like Scrabble, and vice versa. Because in Scrabble, usually you have as much time as you want, and that's kind of the deal. It's a relaxed, calm sort of game. Whereas Boggle is this frantic scr- scramble to get as many words as you can. And wh- why do you think people are, are so p- passionate in their disagreements about this? I think it includes a lot of different things. It's the idea of having that downtime. Some people want to play a game casually, and some people want to play it actively. I think one of the things with time pressure is that usually in a time pressure game, everyone is always involved, uh, which is one of the things. People love to stay engaged, 
unless they want a relaxed environment where they can run to the washroom or whatever it may be. Uh, so I think that's one of the, the big things that will really draw or shove away a person uh, from a time pressure game. So as usual, it's down to personal taste. Exactly. Alright, so let's take a look at how time pressure works in tabletop games. Obviously video games use time pressure all the time. It's a huge thing. It's a rare video game these days that doesn't have it. No, exactly. But uh, with tabletop games, it uh, might not be as immediately obvious to a lot of the folks at home. So let's go over this. Uh, you, in some cases, you'll be racing against a clock. Like yes. in Like in charades. You have a certain amount of time to get your team to guess your thing and then time's up. In some cases, you're racing against other players. Like, uh, have you ever taught a bongo duel? I have not taught a bongo duel. That's, that's the one where uh, you've got two players sitting across from each other. They both have a set of these little cardboard Tetris-shaped pieces. And they both have a little sheet in front of them. And it's like, okay, start. Now you have to fit your pieces onto this shape so that there's no overlaps and none of the spaces are uncovered. So it's like a Tetris puzzle. You're both doing the same puzzle at the same time, but there's no clock. The thing is, whoever finishes it first gets to say, Ubongo, and they score a point. And then you move to the next thing. So you're either racing against the clock or you're racing against other players. Those are yeah. kind of big things. And you mentioned before that uh, in a lot of cases, everybody's racing at once, like in Boggle or Scattergories. Or Bananagrams or all exactly. kinds of Exactly. Everybody's in it, in it at once. But there's, there's another distinction as well. Sometimes you've got one player or one group who's racing at a time. Yes. So something like uh, uh, Catchphrase or Pictionary. Yes. So in Pictionary, it's like your team is up. Yeah, exactly. And then the other team just gets to sit and watch uh, the fury that goes on around them. Exactly. They get to take a bit of time to relax. And then you get games like, uh, like Catchphrase, where you're passing this thing around as quickly as possible. And as long as you're not holding it, the pressure's not on you. I think one of the most interesting mechanics that I see in t time pressure games where you're against a clock, mm -hmm. uh, not only the frequent and frequent switches, whatever it may be, uh, is the idea of a unset timer, a random timer that customers right. or you know that people players don't know how long they have, like in catchphrase. Exactly, because it's it's so. Or last or, word has a randomized timer. Absolutely, as well. and then what's important? But this is the thing: last word is one of our favorites. Actually, it's it's like scattergories. Only everybody's shouting out words at once. You've got a letter, you've got a category of thing, like... And then you know, go. Exactly. You know, breeds of dogs that start with C. Go. Chihuahua. Collie? Uh, 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 and, and, and there's, meanwhile, yeah. there's this timer that's going in. It could stop at any second. And you have no idea how long you have, and you have to keep shouting it out. Whoever has said the last word when the buzzer goes off, wins. Uh, there are a couple other rules, obviously, you can't say that things... Yeah, there's no, re there's no repeats. Yeah, exactly. But that's pretty much it right there, and that random timer means that people don't just sit there not saying anything. Exactly. You have no idea, so it's that ultimate form of time pressure where you know you're timed, and you have no idea how long. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some versions of, say, catchphrase, where it, the, the amount of time you have is fixed, and what will happen is sometimes is that some clever player will just hang on to this thing for as long as they want. And then, just as they're about to run out of time, they'll get the thing right so they can pass it to the next person, and then instantly the buzzer goes off, and then that's it. Which, surprisingly, was not mentioned during our Mean Games episode. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's exactly that, that randomness creates the uncertainty and creates the urgency as well. You need to keep going. Exactly, it's a great mechanic to try. So, which, um, which do you think is more popular uh, at, at the cafes? Uh, racing against the clock or racing against other players? I would say it's racing against other players. Um, no one likes to feel like they didn't have enough time. They like to feel that someone else beat them, which is kind of weird. No one really likes <laughs> losing, but at the same time, I'd rather lose to another person than to a machine. 
and it also tends to be more more social. I find a lot of people really do like games where they're interacting with the other players. Because if it's something where it's against a clock, there's always that little voice in the back of your head saying, "You could be doing this at home. You could be doing this without <laughs> anyone else." But yeah, it's, it really feels like when you win, it feels like you earned it. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the emotional stakes are a bit higher. And uh, so, all right. So if you if you're dealing with with, with racing against other players. There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can be, it can be about being the first to do something or the last to do something. If you're first to do something, that's basically a reflex game. Something happens, everybody has to act, and whoever does it first will we'll get it. Yeah, there's some, some great ones. Like uh, Ghost Blitz is a really good one. Uh, Dutch that's Blitz. one of our most popular games at the cafe, Ghost Blitz. That's the one where you've got those five little toys on the table. Yeah, if, if you come to the cafe, just play Ghost Blitz. It's, it's going to take it's 30 so seconds good. of your time. It's and so good. I haven't put it on a single table and had people go, eh. No, everyone loves it. So you've got, uh, what is it? You've got the, the white ghost. The green bottle. The red chair. The blue book. And the gray mouse. Right. And so a card gets turned up and everybody grabs one of these toys. And if you grab the right one, you get to keep the card. It's worth a point. Grab the wrong one, you lose one of your previously earned cards to whoever grabbed the right one. And it's not immediately obvious, looking at the card, which one you're supposed to grab. Yeah, it's, it's got a couple layers to it, which is really, really nice. But there's also a bunch of other ones. There's things like Speedy Bee and Trigger and... Set. Spot it, one of the easiest ones to teach for one of sure. our tables. So uh, a lot of kids' games that yeah. have time pressure tend to be about being first in. So then uh, the more slightly more sophisticated, I guess, is last out. So like, the musical chairs thing, like last word or like catchphrase, where you have to be the last person to do something. We'll find that party games yeah. often tend to use this, just as kids' games tend to use the, the reflex thing. Another interesting way of doing it is having it sort of almost uh, what I call Jenga style, where there's only one loser and everyone else wins. That's right. another way of doing time pressure games. Exactly. Where... Especially with, uh, with, with last out. Yes. Uh, first in, usually you tend to have the one winner. With last outs, you're more likely to see the one loser. Exactly. the musical chairs thing. So uh, if you're racing against the clock, then you can... It, there are a couple of ways you can do it there as well. It can be about trying to score as many points as possible, or it can be a pass-fail thing, where either you succeed or you don't, and score isn't really an issue. If you're scoring on, on time, then you're talking about something like Boggle or Scattergories. Uh, a lot of word games and sometimes party games will do this. If you're telling, we're talking about pass-fail, then again, there's some party games that do this, like charades or Pictionary, you know, did they get it yeah, in time or not. exactly. But the strategy games that use time pressure usually will go with that approach as well. Something like uh, Space Alert or Escape, we're talking about Quark. Those are games where you have, you have a certain amount of time, you have to accomplish a particular thing, go. What I find kind of interesting about that is, personally, on my level, and maybe this is because I spend too much time with games, uh, probably, <laughs> uh, I prefer... Curse of the Game Guru. Right? Uh, I prefer games where you're scoring. I like seeing actual numbers. I like knowing how well I did, how well I didn't do, how far behind I was, everyone, or how much I stomped them into the ground. Um, with a lot of people, they just like pass-fail because a number isn't rewarding to them. They want to know that did they Did they win or won. did they lose? Yeah, it, it's just it's black or white. Did I win? Did I lose? Whatever it may be. Um, it doesn't matter if it's cooperative, if it's, if it's competitive. People want to know that they won. Um, Whereas which, you would prefer to know how badly you lost or how awesomely you won. Yeah, which again, I think actually just comes from playing games too much. I think on, you know, on a general basis, that's what people really want. They want to know that they won or they lost or whatever. <laughs> Alright, so here's a conundrum for you. This is a mystery. I've been sort of trying to get a sense of this for a while now. A lot of people at the cafe ask for easy games, right? Yes. You know, they don't want something that's going to be too hard. Probably the, the most thing we get, especially for people who have never been to the cafe before. Sure. Uh, I would say like half of my things that I do in a day are, we want something really easy, something Makes total light. sense. Yeah, for sure. Total sense. So you give them something with simple rules like, say, corridor, 
which is one of those uh, abstract strategy games. It's one of those minute to learn, lifetime to master type of deals, and it really is a minute to learn. I mean, how long does it take you to teach Corey? Uh, I can probably do it in under 30 seconds. I'd rather do it in under 60, but... So uh, you show this to people, and what do they say? It depends on the people. A lot of people uh, will see it as very overwhelming and daunting, which is interesting to me because it's a blank board. That's it's completely thing. empty. Uh, they, they, which, and, and I suppose they, they can kind of project their, their memories of learning how to play chess or something onto that. But they'll look at it and they'll say, oh, that looks hard. Yeah. Even though it's easy to learn. Even though it's not the game that's the problem, it's the opponent that's the challenge. It's, it, well, especially that, and also I think some bias that comes in from the players, and I don't For mean sure. that in a mega, negative context. It's, it's, but it's, it comes from their experiences. Yeah, they look the at past. it and they think chess, and exactly. they think whatever it's, it may it's, be. It's, it's, it's what they've seen, it's what they expect, and that's totally reasonable. No, that's totally reasonable. They're just working it's on just the basis what, of what they, they know. know. On the other hand, you bring out Ubongo Duel, and you tell them that it's basically the same sort of deal. There's nothing, maybe there's some brighter colors there. But you tell them that it's a race. You're both trying to be the one to solve this puzzle, and whoever does it first says, Ubongo, and gets a point. They look at that, and they think it looks easy. Yes, exactly. They see a clear goal. With, I think, something like Corridor or other abstract strategy games, yeah, you tell them the win condition, but to them, to it's, the other side. it's exactly what it is. It's abstract, or whatever it is. If they don't see a very clear win condition, uh, they're not going to be as interested or engaged. You know what? I'm not convinced that's it. Because really? All you have to do to win at Corridor is get to the other side. It's but I, I think people see that as, well, how do I get there? Do I use the walls? What strategy do I use? And there's It's true, I suppose. But the thing is, though, that if you told them they had to do that under time pressure... That's, that's true, actually. I think that would be interesting. Uh, it's, I, the, usually, this is what I find. They don't seem to think that that would make it harder. They seem to think that would make it easier. I guess what that really is then is that people like having something to work against. I guess the thought is that if you were playing the game and you have a time set on you, that it, how hard can they afford to make it? I've only got five minutes or whatever it is. So that, that, that's, that's why I think they're not scared? Uh, I, I think that's what it is. And also, usually with time pressure games, um, you, you have something to work against. It's, I can't afford to think about it for too long. I can't afford to get anxious about what's right. going on. It's I have just... to do it. I just have to go. Okay, I get that. So instead of sort of, you know, devoting a lot of time and effort and energy to figuring out what the right move is, they're just, ah, i got to do something. So that, that helps them to let go? Yeah, and I think that's what people really are asking for. When they ask for an easy game, they don't want to be in a position where they know they ought to be strategic and they ought to be doing this. Right, so even if it, even if it is like a really hard strategy game that's, that, that technically is tough, that it lowers the stakes for them and feels... Like there's less pressure, even because they're under pressure. Exactly. That's a paradox. That, and they, somebody under time pressure, and oddly enough, they feel more relaxed than if you give them all the time they want. Slavery is freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to go quite, uh, I don't want to go full Orwell on this, but uh, it's, it's the strangest thing. I mean, games really take people to unusual places. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's one of the things I love so much about them, is that they, they, they really do sort of reveal these quirks of human character. Exactly. Anyway, not to get all philosophical on you guys. The point is, games that involve time pressure on them, yeah, they're stressful, but stress can be exciting, and it can be a really good release. And it can also, I, I, apparently, it can really sort of relieve some of the pressure of having to perform well. I hope we can introduce you to some of these games next time you visit us at Snakes and Lattes. Until then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Travis Ryans. Game on. Game on, guys. And thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakes cast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, 
or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas, Game On.